I don't know what's up with producers, but for some reason, they just feel like the only thing people want to see in a movie is just something cool. Explosions. Explosions. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I, I almost fell asleep. I think it was like back in the day when people used to watch Transformers. Oh, man. I, I know, no. dude. Welcome back to the Marty and Jaden Show. I'm Marty, and this is Jaden. We just finished reading The Alloy of Law this week. We are looking forward to Dune coming out later Couple this weeks. month. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Very, We're very excited about that. Opening night. We're going to be there. A lot to talk about today. Also, I have a theory about Dune that I want to talk through with you. I know. I've been waiting to hear about this. We He mentioned it last week to me. We didn't have enough time, and though. He didn't even tell me after like the shot. No, like, with the it has camera. to be on the podcast, just like Alloy of Law. We have not mentioned anything about it to each other this entire week. Pending this discussion, this podcast style discussion. Yeah, so we, we had to have you here for it. So. Just for you guys. Yeah. So appreciate that. Yes. Uh, the patience on our part. And then at the end of the podcast or somewhere in between, we may also jump into my experience with Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. That was the first. So you watched it for the first time this week. I've never even seen it. I know. So I. It's funny, too, because Christopher Nolan is, is one of my favorite directors of all time. And so I, I had to check it out. And I finally got to it this weekend, even though it's quite a bit late. But not before the Oscar, uh, not after the Oscars, though. So still win, may win Best Picture. What is that? Is that the, coming up? It's coming up in like a month or two. Oh, the man. nominations just came out. So oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. That was an interesting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of news there. Okay, I do want to dive into Alloy Vlado. though. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, because this is the first time I've gone back into Mistborn since I first read it. Which yeah. is forever ago. Yeah, it was like <laughs> so. Your first experience with Brandon Sanderson was the original Mistborn trilogy. Yes, the first, the first three. As was mine. Then I went through and read The Way of Kings, and then came through and and read Mistborn Era Two, starting with Alloy of Law. You hadn't gotten there though until you, this. Have you read all four of the Wax I and have. Wayne series? Yeah. So Wax and Wayne, first of all. I didn't know was the main characters' names yeah. until now, because like wax and wane is something you say; it kind of makes sense. It's yeah, like a like a moon. Like, yeah, wax. exactly. <laughs> yep. But I, I loved it. I thought it was so. The first time you explained it to me, right when we were starting this this whole podcast, you were talking about the second era series, and you said it's like Batman meets Sherlock Holmes. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, I do. And I honestly, there's a lot of people who have problems with the series because like it's not as deep and as good as Mistborn. But for me, I think it's just a ton of fun. I loved the original Mistborn series for how deep it is. But this is a breath of fresh air after having read all the Way of Kings books and having read the Mistborn books. It's nice to have something that's a little bit more playful. Yeah. And it is just perfect. I think it's a perfect description to say this is a blend of Sherlock Holmes and Batman. I, I, I don't know if you felt the same yes, way. But. I did. And I, I even wrote that down in my notes because like you're 100% right. Yes. <laughs> it's really he's, he's rich. He's got the, the stuff going on and he's a vigilante behind the scenes. Yes. And I he's a say, genius. He's like doing the science yeah, and everything yeah. too. And I think it's awesome. He has a sidekick friend who's basically <laughs> immortal. Uh, I do think, okay, one thing about it is and like you mentioned it's not as deep as the original Mistborn series it's not as deep as Way of Kings and that's true it was a fun almost like a side adventure it's cool to meet new people and learn kind of the alimantic system but also with guns and trains yeah how cool is that and they're starting to build cars and all those things it was really cool but I will say that I, I called the final scene like six chapters early no way oh absolutely okay because she's like oh my power can't do anything i'm like okay well now i gotta stop and think about it what can you do with this power <laughs> okay <laughs> pause for a minute we're gonna have a ton of spoilers for this book throughout oh. just so you know we may put in some chapters so you can skip ahead if you haven't read this book but 
That's your warning. That's probably so, the best pause timing ever. Yeah, I, I, I almost spoiled everything. <laughs> I know, but I want to know. So there were two things that I was wondering. Did you? We'll get back to what you're talking about with Marcy. Actually, just go for it. So, okay. so tell me, tell me about that part. I want to know. So as soon as I heard she's a lurcher, right? So she is able to slow down time for herself. I guess is that not, a lurcher. I think lurcher is the one where you pull um, metals, and so you go towards it, like you're lurching oh, towards it. Okay, so she her elementic ability, right, is yeah. that she can slow down time for herself. I can't remember. What and is within a bubble, it's augmenter. A, uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, have auger. To, Really? I can't remember. Yeah, we're going to have to wait like for that. comments on that one. No, maybe I was, I was, was the one about sure. the health. And no, that was the gold. That was gold. The gold's a blood maker. Yeah, but the gold is like when you see yourself as well. Like that's called like an auger. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I can't remember. Well, you're, yeah. <laughs> you've also read more of it than me. So I'm not going to try and say that I know what it's yeah. going on here. But she, what she can do is she can slow down time for herself and with the space of a small room. And I'm like, what kind of person gives a detail of, oh, I can probably extend it to about a small room. I'm like, yeah, well, she's going to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The that's the most example. obvious. And then I was like, oh, it's totally useless. I can't do anything with it. And I'm like, okay, well, I had to stop and think about what can you do with that power? I'm like, well, you can slow down the action right in front of you so that stuff can happen around you that needs to happen. Yeah. Or like people can catch up or people can evade or heal or whatever they need to do outside while the, like, the threat on the inside is slow. So she can directively slow things. Where like for Wayne, he's limited by the fact that he can only speed up one thing at a time, you know, like one small bubble where she's able to slow down. So the inverse, a much larger area. So I'm like, yep. at the end of the day, they're just going to have to slow down the biggest threat and then get a bunch of like army around them afterwards. And you, pre- you predicted that exact thing. I, I didn't know it was going to be like the police or something. I thought it was going to be more. But like, you said like get an army around them and everything. That's yeah. What you're well, I thought they were going to like build their whole group and have their like, anyway, that I, was, is- I was pretty confident. I was super confident. So when it started to happen and then they're like, Oh, you know, I didn't want to put her in harm's way, but now I'm going to have to. I'm like, oh, Plan B is definitely going to be her slowing down. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like it, when it got to that point when he when he did say like, Oh, it's go to Plan B, and I didn't want to put her in danger. I'm like, Okay, well, it's at so, that point is completely. So were you obvious. disappointed by that? Or I wasn't. You, I wasn't completely you disappointed. disappointed the way you're talking about I, it. I wish there had been some sort of twist. I don't like predicting it exactly. And yeah. I feel like that was a way too close to exactly. Honestly, Jaden, I think that's pretty dang impressive. I uh, did not see that coming at all. <laughs> I do I do think about this a lot more, knowing that we're going to have this conversation on the podcast. So I try to think yes. through things while I'm reading instead of just going along for the journey, which maybe I should. Oh, it's uh, fine. But it's, it's sometimes fun to analyze it without waiting for it to happen. Did you... Here's the other part, though. Did okay. you predict how the Vanishers were doing there? No. Yes. I did not predict that. And how that cool was, is that? That was something and I was like, man, that's wild. I, yeah. I really am curious what, what's going on there. I thought it was going to be some Alimantic ability that I just didn't know of. Yep. But it was like a transport almost ability. Yep. But no, they're just like, we just straight up steal the train and then rip it above. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you put in a duplicate. Yeah. So it looks like you pulled off the... It looks like it was completely empty, but you just stole the train. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a... I don't know. I thought that was a brilliant way of yeah, doing it. Yeah, pretty cool. And I thought it was really cool. I didn't see that one coming either. My brother, when he read this book, predicted that. No He way. figured that one out. That's... I know. Okay. I know. What, what about... Um, one of the bigger surprises for me in the book was the butler. 
Did not see that coming. Oh, that was also That huge. was a complete surprise yeah. to me. It, honestly, I've read the book and that would surprise me again. And the way, <laughs> the way that they did it, I loved. It was funny because I couldn't remember if that scene, like, did this happen in this book or a later book? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure this butler blows him up at some First point. First of all, every time they said Tiom, I was like, Tien? Tien? Yes, I thought that every single time. Too. I'm like, wait, well, okay, no, it's oh, not him. I've read about this character recently. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of like him. <laughs> I don't know why. But it makes I, really good tea and tastes like... Awakening and yeah, he's a connoisseur of tea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that was it was definitely a surprise when that happened. But it was also I, I I was saying I really liked how it happened because Wayne was like, oh, tea's poisoned, just collapses. <laughs> Wayne is the best. Okay. And I was trying to figure out on the cover. Um, that's actually something I want to talk about. The cover makes it look like Wax is the one with the gun, and Wayne is the other one because Wax uses guns, right? But it's the other way around. The cover is very confusing. No, wait. No, no. I think you're wrong. So the cover definitely is Wax. He's the one who has goggles around his neck. Yeah, but Wayne is the one with the gun, which is very confusing. That's why I say that. Because when you first start reading the book... Oh my gosh, you're right. He's right? holding a gun in That's him. what I'm saying. He who? hates guns. He doesn't have any dueling canes in that picture. First I am of all, so disappointed. The person who drew that it, cover read the first six chapters. <laughs> Because early on, first of all, I thought that was Wax the shorter one and Wayne was the taller one when I first started the book. Yeah. Because I'm looking at this cover every time I read the audiobook. And then when I went and they're like, oh, Wax is taller. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm like, I, I did. And like he's wearing a hat. Wayne loves wearing hats. Yes. I'm like, why does he have a gun? <laughs> that's confusing. huge. So I want to say that's Good my catch. bombshell <laughs> news is that the cover is confusing. Yeah. It probably shouldn't be that way. Well, the... Fun fact, they do have new covers now for all the new really? books. Really? Yeah. Okay, I was I was perusing the rabbit hole of YouTube yep. the other day, and there's like tons of covers for all the Brandon Sanderson books. Oh, there's like European covers? Yeah. They look awesome. They're always like black and white. Like Yeah, I saw the thing. black and white one. Yeah. I'm like, for like Way of Kings, they have different ones. I'm like, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of different covers for these books. Yes. Which leads me to believe that an author must not just contract with one person. Like maybe they create separate editions with different artists. Yeah. How it, does that work? Do you know? I, I don't, but I would guess that it's because the cultures are so different, like across like different countries. And so they're looking for marketing material for the cover that will resonate more with like one kind of culture versus another. A lot of people judge books by covers. So I, <laughs> I know, which do is... You, do you think that funny. happens in like a royalty? Like, oh, I'm an author, so here's my book. And then you're an artist, so here's your art. And let's put it together. And we're both going to take some sort of royalty off of it. Or does the author just buy the cover from the artist? Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea. That is what I'm going to I bet there's up. a mix. Like, We'll see if I can look it up faster than somebody can comment if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting one. I'm curious about that because there are so many different covers and that was one thing that I noticed. Did you see the new covers for the Mistborn books? No. They, the, new, the second series or the first one? They're for both of them. Um, Mistborn book covers. They're almost a little bit more... Um, here they are. No chance I remember to put this up on the screen in the edit. So I know, right? Everyone just look it up and just imagine that you're looking at it at the same time as oh, us. Oh, man. It's going to go there. But anyways, see, this is like the new Mistborn cover. Okay. Which is I like great. that. I think they did the same thing. Here's like another one for Shadows of Self. That's the next book we'll oh, be reading. Oh, man. So anyways. What has he got around lot. him? Is that his mist cloak or is that some random like... Here's the Alloy Vlog. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love the style of it. I think it's But then they've got great. like these... Yeah, with those like the, ones, the, the black white and white ones. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. I like that very, they do that. Very, very cool. I, I love the difference. You get different details from each one. But yeah. from this one, you just get confused. 
Yeah, I know. It's just wrong. You don't know who's who. And honestly, I don't really like that cover too. Wax look or Wayne looks oh, Wax looks nothing like I imagine him in the book. I think in the yeah, and I do Wayne, not like Wayne his looks, greasy hair in this, like yeah. dude, like <laughs> like you're really like, Wayne looks like too a, devious and he's not devious. No. He's he's like he's fun, you know, he's happy go lucky, he's yep. hilarious. He also does not look old enough, uh wax he's in his 40s yeah which is also a cool element to brandon sanderson's books like he has heroes that are older yeah not all like 18 and 19 year old heroes yeah exactly Exactly. that's way cool he's had a whole career okay so i love the book overall but this is not our official review no it's not i want to mention that early in the podcast you will have to go for a later video that we'll be doing specifically reviewing it'll be on the youtube channel probably on the podcast too but that'll be our review our actual like number rating and all the good stuff i have to ask you though so this book literally starts with a bang. What did you think about that opening chapter? Oh, I okay. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's why this is a two-person podcast, because I wrote that down. Yeah. And I'm like, I was not ready for that scene. Wasn't and that I insane? stand by that. It will it will affect my review. Really? You yes. didn't like that? I did not like it. I loved that I opening. I did not like it. Why didn't you like it? I was not ready. I was not... I didn't know the characters well enough. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't really understand like the... The dynamic between Wax and Lessie, or is Lessie? Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wasn't ready for it. At the end, I was kind of just like, oh, I was odd, like kind of, you know, heart wrenching, I guess, but weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was, I was not ready for it. For me, it was crazy. But this is the second time you read it. I loved it the first time that I read it. Okay. When a very first time, I'm like, what an opening to a book. Crazy I, opening, but I just, uh, I just wasn't ready for it. I for wasn't. me, it was heart wrenching. Yeah, all the things you said it wasn't, it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was heart wrenching. Yeah. I agree that it was heart wrenching, but it just wasn't as impactful because I feel like I was almost numb to what was going on. Yeah, which I don't think it was supposed to be like a major like like this is the biggest moment of the book. I but think it, it felt to... that way. That's so. This is the nuance, yeah, okay. right? You go into it and the lead up and the build up and the description of the scene and how intense everything is makes you feel like it's a huge moment in the book, but you just don't get it. But which is awesome because it is a huge moment <laughs> for Wax. I don't know why I get those two mixed up so it much. It is a huge moment for Wax as far as his character building. But you're like trying to remember stuff because you're like, okay, this is important. It's obviously like a big deal. Like who was, what was the villain's name? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're like, it never comes up again. Yep. It's just a throwaway scene. that's just supposed to build up the character of Wax and why he's a little bit broken. Yep. I don't know. I, don't know. Eh. I loved it. All I thought fence, it was great. All the fence, it's going to go in my review. It will be discussed in that video <laughs> and it will affect my rating. But yeah. I, overall, really good book. I think it's fun to go into it knowing about the world, but also kind of just having a fun Sherlock Holmes story. I think it was cool. Yeah, I I, I loved all of that. Um, Wayne, tell me about like your experience with Wayne having such a like a crazy, like hilarious character. Did I think you think awesome. he's hilarious? Oh, yeah. I thought he was, he was so awesome. funny. His, he was the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's fun to have the guy that's just along for the ride, making things funny. His trades, like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> like oh, it's not even a big deal. I traded him for it. Like <laughs> it was a good hat. <laughs> yeah, he's like trading for like pictures he's drawn. <laughs> yeah, he's a kleptomaniac, but uh, yep. he's also trading little trinkets as he steals stuff. Oh so. yeah, I, I I love Wayne. I love all of the uh, just the, the quotes that he has. I've said this before, but Sanderson, this is the character that Sanderson 
literally has a book of Wayne quotes that he has no like way. come up with. Yeah, as he just thinks about them throughout his life, he's like, okay, this could be a Wayne quote. And he writes it down and he finds a place to insert it. So he just, he just lives with all of these characters in his mind. He and must, then as right? he experiences life, he's like, how would this person react? How would this person react? Like, I want another wit quote. I need another Wayne quote. Like, like yeah. He just pulls these things out of nowhere and writes them down. I think it's cool. I'm glad he's doing it. It makes the books better. Do you feel like Wayne feels like... Um, that character from Way of Kings that is also pretty funny, Lopin. Like, oh. do you think he feels... So, in some ways, I'm like, do they feel too similar of a character? I don't think so. And then I realize, I'm like, I don't think they do. Like, I think Wayne is much more capable than Lopin. Mm-hmm. Not that Lopin's, like, a bad character, but I just think he's he's not, like, a a force. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's an entity. He's fun. He's, like, making jokes, and he's confident in himself, which is awesome. But... Wayne is like actually battle ready (laughs) and he has those capabilities. He has a healing power. He's like really good with his dueling canes and his speed bubbles. He's jumping around and beating people up. He's doing really well. So he's a little bit more of a force, I think, to be reckoned with. And and that actually reminds me, what did you think about the new Mistborn abilities, like such as a speed bubble and adding... Crazy. But I also really liked that they explained it well. They talked about how alloys work. They're like, look, okay, yeah, it's an alloy. So it's kind of like aluminum, but it's also completely different. When you create an alloy... If they, he explains like, well, steel is basically just an alloy of iron with a little bit of carbon in it. Like, okay, makes sense, but completely different for alimentic capabilities. Yep. So anyway, I thought it was cool. I think it's going to be fun to see what they do with the next era of Mistborn or even in, in yeah. this series if they keep adding to it. I, I didn't know how to feel about it at first because I'm like, this is like a completely different metal. Like, why wasn't this in the original <laughs> books and everything? But there were metals that they hadn't discovered in the original books, right? They knew about aluminum. Yeah, but aluminum doesn't do the bubbles. No, aluminum takes away all your romantic yeah, yeah, powers. Yeah. But the um, iron eyes. Now nah, I'm just thinking about him that way. But whatever they call him. Oh, oh <laughs> Marsh. The, yeah, Marsh. But I'm saying what they, what they were called. Oh, Steel Inquisitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Inquisitors. They they use aluminum. You're right. Yeah, yeah. They force they people to burn aluminum. They have aluminum. So they had that, but they didn't have the speed bubbles. Obviously, like chromium is what uh, um, she burns to get her. I guess it's not a lurcher ability. I thought it was. Yeah. But uh, that's what she burns, and he burns. What was it called? Uh, it's not a. It's not a metal name. No, I can't remember what that name was. It's bend alloy, isn't it? Well, he, yeah. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, there's another name for it. I can't remember what it was, but no. But they do call it bend alloy as well. I, that's what I remember. I'm being like, why can't they have a, like a metal name for it? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about it at first because like I just. I like that they're expanding the worlds and everything, but I couldn't decide if that was a change from the original books that he wanted to have like, like, oh, let's ha- add another metal that makes things like even cooler. But it's got to be one of the 16, right? Because there was only 16 metals that in the first place. Remember 16 is like yeah. a big yeah, golden yeah, yeah. number. It's a big number. Well, the yeah. last book is called The Lost Metal. So something interesting is going to happen about metals over yeah. the course of these four <laughs> books. I'm book. expecting that for sure. Well, I was thinking that... Um, but I was also wondering like if it was, so this is where it's really fun is all the connections to the original yeah. books. So I clearly, you must've caught all the names of the cities. Like for me, when I read this book, it just like made me smile every single time. <laughs> I'm like Ellendale and what do they say? Um, Doxon station or whatever, or yeah. Like, yeah. And they talk about the survivor. They talk about the ascendant warrior. All yeah. the, and you're like, wait a second. I know these people. I know their story. It's so, so cool. Yeah. And it's cool to like hear that legend be like it become legend when you know it's like 
history for the time. Yeah, which was it's pretty sweet. One of the things that I loved most was Sazed's little comments in oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, so he's Harmony, right? Uh-huh, yeah. And I, when he first talks about, like, whenever you pray or do something important, you have to put this earring in. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's going on here. Yeah, isn't that cool? I'm like, wait, that's Sazed. Yeah, <laughs> he's that, involved. Yes. But I, I liked his, his comments and his commentary. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, I, that's what I wanted to hear he from He jumps you. in. He, yeah. he just, like, straight up answers people, like, responds to them. Yeah. And he even uses his little phrases, like, I think. like, <laughs> And so it just sounds like Sazed. And they did a good job of keeping the voice the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Kramer does great at what he does. Yes. Brilliant. But I, I love that they kept the voice because I'm like, oh, you just recognize him. And yep. that's cool. And this is the parts that I actually, Sanderson, I feel like, does a really good job at evaluating religion and faith as he is a religious person himself. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, he has lots of times throughout the book where um, Wax is in these moments where he's like, I'm talking to God. And I don't really know if I can he- if he can hear me if I'm just talking to myself. Yeah. And then he like is sending feelings to him. But we know, so he's like, I don't know if that's just myself making those up or if it's, um, or if I'm actually hearing from him. But what's cool is we know he is hearing something yep. because of the earring yep. and like the types of things that he's like saying. And he thinks it's just a superstition. And he's yeah. like, hey, you just kind of put the earring in. I don't know. And he doesn't understand why, which is weird. Yep. <laughs> but I guess some knowledge has just been lost. But they also have divided. They fractured the religion. Yep. Because they have like the, the path is one way. Like you could be a survivorist. Like all yeah. these different things where... You're, you're kind of taking those ideals from Mistborn, like what different people believed, and now it's become entire factions of religion. But is that not so much like religion oh, today? It's where a great, people, great parallel. Well, yeah, where people will be praying and you're just, as you were saying, like, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. Sure. But yeah. like if you had been way back in the beginning when things started with Harmony or like real life or whatever, you would understand a lot more. The but then it becomes fractured and diluted and changed. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. And then you lose exactly the meaning of it and you just go through the motions. And yep. I, I thought it's, he just does a very, very good job in his books at like, cause it's, conveying it's, that. it's all logical in the beginning. And then by the end, it's like just tradition. You're like, yep. I don't know why I do the earring thing, but I do it. Whereas at the beginning, like, yeah, it's obvious because the spike and the, all this like, yep. hemallergic spikes and how all those work and connection to blood. That's why you can't bend or can't um, interact with metal that's touched the blood or at least really, really difficult. All yep. those things. But is there no Mistborn then? No. Oh, at all? So this is another thing I want to talk to you. There are no such thing in Mistborns anymore. And I don't know. I can't remember why. Because that's they, one thing that, that blew, like, blew me away. Do you know like, who the Lord Mistborn has- is? The Lord Mistborn? They talk about him, I've mentioned him a few times in the book. Like, the Lord Mistborn created the city and like, drew up the plans. And he had, he I mean, wrote it. Would it be Ellen then? No, it isn't. Who is it? It's uh, Spook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they read that's one of his awesome. quotes at, at, the, at one point and they're like, and like, oh, that's an old, like, um, uh, like empire tongue or whatever. And it's like, was he in the was? Okay, I know what you mean now. Because they're like, oh, it's like the ancient tongue. I'm like, that's kind of a weird ancient tongue. <laughs> did you forget that it was It sounds Spooks a lot thing? like the slang. I didn't. I did not remember it was Spooks. Yeah. But I'm like, it sounds familiar, but it's just weird that that would be their ancient tongue. Yes. And it's been a while since you've read the first one. It's been but a while. The first ones end where a Sazed says that he's made Spook into a Mistborn. Oh, yeah, which is very cool. that is pretty. Cool. So that's where so he's that Lord Mistborn. He's the Lord Mistborn. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. And cause, yeah, you know these people. I like the fact that they connect so well yep. to like that past. I think that's really cool. 
Oh yeah, super cool. And so now there are only you can be you can just, have one allomantic ability. You can have one allomantic ability, one fair chemical ability, or one of each, which makes you a twinborn. Yep. And which Wax and Wayne both are are twinborn. Yep. Which is fascinating because this gives us for the first time way more insight into why the Lord Ruler was basically a god. Like, and that's yeah, you talk about that with Miles, right? Where he had gold and gold, so he could do both. Yeah, and if you put it together, the Lord Ruler, mm-hmm. he had all 10 or 16 Mistborn abilities, plus all the ferrochemical abilities. He was abilities. Mistborn and ferrochemist. To a full capacity. The ferrochemists back in the day, in the first Mistborn, had all the ferrochemical abilities, didn't they? They had copper mines, they had the, the steel. Couldn't they do all of those things? I, I don't know. I don't I think they were limited to one. They might have been, I'm not sure. It's... It's a good question. I'm trying to remember now, but I honestly think, yeah, maybe the commenters will give us more insights. Either way, though, it means that everything that Miles was able to do, the Lord Ruler could do. And you saw it in action when he had a spear thrown in his face when he was confronting Kelsier Mm -hmm. and didn't even stop him. And he kept on walking and how he's able to be young forever because he can store old age. But then he's able to compound in that by burning crazy. The yeah, it, so it makes sense now. He's basically how immortal. Like it's incredible that Vin was able to take him out. Yeah, <laughs> and so now on, on this day, like in the current time of this this book, is basically you have a bunch of mini Lord Rulers running around with yeah. having fair chemical and but severely powers. limited because like even Miles, like he's immortal. But I mean, if you could tie him down, yep, you can kill him. It's and like it's I, not anything totally. Unique. And I think it's implied that Harmony did it, like, is the one who caused that to be, where you can Which only I think have makes a lot of one sense. of each. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Sazen yes. decided to do that. <laughs> yeah, he was thinking about that. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. But the fact that there aren't any Mistborns did surprise me a little. I know. Isn't that crazy? Should be fun. Should be fun to see what happens in the next... There's four books in this series, right? Yep. So this book was originally intended to be a standalone book. But he had a lot of fun writing this book. And so as he was writing it... <laughs> That's he, a pattern for Brandon Sanderson. I know, right? He's, it was going to be a short story. And he's like, this has been so much fun. I'm going to turn it into its own era of Mistborn. Wow. And so that's why it feels so different from his other books is because it was never yeah. intended to be its own series. So I wonder if that will change when we get into book two. I wonder if it'll be more like, okay, now it's established. He knows he's going to be writing for a long time. Uh, I'll tell you that it doesn't change the tone. Okay. The book. It's it's all a lot of fun. Like the whole way, all four books are like that. But it doesn't cool. ever get as deep as the other Mistborn books. But I think, like I said, it's because of that beginning thing. And a lot of people have problems with that. And did I didn't seem like you had a problem no. with that. No, like, I liked it. Some people I, were really bothered. Like I just didn't like this book. I'm like, well, it's a different book. <laughs> I like that it's different. You can't read the same. Like <laughs> we've read more books in the last three months than we've read. <laughs> At least personally than I've read probably in the last year. I know. <laughs> we cruised through books. We read Alloy of Law in the last week. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're flying through books. So it is nice to have something a little bit different. I almost want to go back into, like, nonfiction for a second. I know. Because we're just, Jump we're just cruising like... through everything. But uh, it is it is a nice change of pace. And I like the fact that it's still Brandon Sanderson. You can see his style connecting random things from page one to the very end of the book. Really cool. Yep. So what did you think about the very end of the book? The very end of the book? Yes. So there are two main events that happen at the end of the book. First of all, with Miles. Mm-hmm. So 
First of all, I'm this is a big clarifier. I'm not spoiling anything for the rest of the books. I will tell you what I thought when I first read these okay, books. Okay. Good. I was super fascinated by what was coming out of like Miles' mouth as he was being executed. Mm-hmm. First of all, crazy scene. He's up with a firing squad that has to shoot him again and Four again. Four times. Again. Yep. Yeah. And now he's dead. Like the guy is insane. Um, but then he just starts like saying like like something about Trell, I think. He's like like worship like the god of Trell. Or, oh man, he says something about that. Like, yeah, you'll have I'm to go back to, and listen I'll have to, to it. Back, yeah. But when I remember reading that part, and then I was re listening to the original books with my, my wife, and Trell, that religion, is discussed with Sazed when he's going through his relig- religion and stuff. Okay. And so he's like, um, the warriors of red and gold will will come or something like that. He he warns Dang. everyone as he's dying about like, okay. Trell. <laughs> like, I, you missed it. I but, missed that yeah, part for it's sure. Fascinating. But then after that, you also run into... Wax meets his dad. <laughs> yes, that's also huge. That's I pretty not... huge. <laughs> also huge. I thought that's what we were going to Did you see about. that coming? No, yeah. absolutely not. Like the man in the suit his dad. He's like, yeah, I knew it was you. I know. Like, <laughs> as soon as I heard it was a guy in a suit, I'm like, that's my dad. Yeah, it's actually his, his uncle. uncle. His uncle. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, his uncle, but the previous lord of the house. So I guess that's why I was confused. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. It was funny, though, because as I was rereading this, I the whole time I'm like, it is super clear that it is his uncle. The whole time. Really? Yeah, well, it's good. His butler, and like, Wax says all the things on why Yeah, he, he explains it at yeah. the end, but I didn't catch it at and the end And he dies, like, on, like, such a, like, random time. It's just, like, where, like, his carriage goes, like, crazy, and, like, Wax never gets to see the body. Do you remember? That's how... Yeah, they told the story. Yeah, but yeah, they told the they story. They told the story while they were in the carriage. And I'm like, you guys insane? <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're like leaving from the butler and they're like, how'd your uncle and sister die? He's like, oh, a carriage carriage went crazy. And they're sitting in a carriage and not thinking, yeah. maybe we should get out. He's like, I should have been more crushed by it. Wayne's like, like it sounds like there was enough crushing already. <laughs> <laughs> enough like, people got crushed in that story. I love it. Yeah. This gives him a flat stare. Like, you're right. It's one of those things where, they, oh, yeah, they're just assumed dead. Like, oh, that's sketchy. Where did I hear this quote the other day? I can't remember what it was from, but it's like, never trust that someone's dead without seeing, until you see a body. Well, that sounds really familiar. Was it in the book? Maybe it was in the book. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably in the book, dude. We've been doing so much recently. Yeah, we've been reading a lot. I feel like it was a, it could have been in a movie too, but. But It would have been a movie we both saw, because I definitely remember hearing that. It was, it's just something that's so like, clear like yeah. i've always feel the same exact way whenever i watch a tv show or a movie no they're not dead until i've seen the body and i've seen and especially if it's a main character they're also not dead until i've seen flashback scenes of their life the whole episode <laughs> and stuff and like just like a whole memory going away episode there are i i watched the blacklist for a while oh that'll get yeah. you yep they're <laughs> I knew when a character was going to die in an episode based on the beginning of the episode to the end. I'm like, oh, they're dead. Flashback. <laughs> this is a flashback life. memory, like goodbye episode. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, they're going to kill this person. They have some powerful goodbyes in that. Uh, they do that show. Yeah, it's a good one. That is good. But anyways, that was crazy. Um, the other part though was meeting Iron Eyes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Marsh. There was a lot of fun things at the end there. I thought, but. What was what did he give her? It was a book, right? A book, and we don't know what's in the book yet. <laughs> I love the part that, that she's like, "What? Why didn't you just give it to Wax?" He's like, "Because he probably would have shot me." The face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just seems so raw. He's just like, 
It's not cryptic. He's like, because he would have shot me. Yeah, just, I, I don't want to go to him. I know. <laughs> don't you love it too that like all the lore has changed to be like, like well, when you die and see old Iron Eyes, like he's like known as like the devil. Almost. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, just a guy. He's just Marsh yeah, he's cruising just around, Marsh and everyone is like, he's like, he's the, he's, he's the Grim Reaper. Yeah, yeah he's so. death incarnate. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But I like that he's involved. I also like that Says is involved. I think that's yes. cool that they're really trying to shape the world because. Sazed, now that he's Harmony and com- the combination of preservation and ruin, has a lot more impact on making sure the world survives and thrives and grows and all that stuff. Yeah. I wonder if that will have a key impact to how the ghost bloods are created and, and formed. Oh man. But I cannot wait to get to some of the later books with that. So have more I'm discussions. Still, I'm still that. like crying laughing from Marsh because I just thought the part was so <laughs> I funny. I laughed so hard. He's like, he probably put a bullet in my head. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to him. You give him the book. <laughs> I know. I think in the next book, we're going to have to start keeping track of our favorite quotes of the book. And we'll do a top five quotes? favorite quotes from the book. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, we should do like a who said it. Yeah, who said it would be hilarious too. We should try no, it. W- it'd be easy though. I feel like it'd be pretty clear to say yeah, like but it that. doesn't mean it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, maybe it'd be fun. I would enjoy <laughs> it. I'd probably get a couple of them wrong because... We- I feel like I read the whole book or listen to the whole book, and then I get here and I'm like, "What was that person's name again?" Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was convinced that Marcy does her thing as a lurcher, and now I'm like, now I don't know anything. I do not think. Does it's it a start with lurcher. an L at least? I was just thinking like, okay, I gotta remember that lurcher means like you're being like brought towards something, and so it's like being. Pulled. I thought they were just called coin shots. No, coin shots are the ones that push. I thought they were both coin shots. No, push because and pull. because you can't shoot uh, like a coin by pulling it. Yeah, if you shoot someone behind you. <laughs> Wait, what is this, tenant? Like, like pulling it out of the, the Speaking bowl. of tenant. Oh, yes. What a transition. This is a great transition. Did not do that on purpose. That's, that's what we're going to tell people. But <laughs> I thought, and we're changing topics a little. I'll put chapters. I'll try and put chapters in this episode. I'll yeah. do my best. But when I first saw Tenet, and I think when you saw Tenet too, I feel like it kind of put a damper on the Christopher Nolan thing for me. Really? Yeah. It was that bad for you? I didn't say it was that bad. But oh Christopher Nolan's reputation was that high that when I saw Tenet, I was like, they almost are trying too hard to confuse people. Okay. Like they're not trying to make it confusing as like a web of story. They're just making it confusing as confusing. I don't know, dude. I what about Oppenheimer? I disagree with most people on the internet about Tenet, and most people that I talk to. Is, I, do they say what I'm saying? Most people agree with people you. Say? Nobody likes Tenet that I talk to. I really liked Tenet. I thought it was a great movie. I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. I think Christopher Nolan's a great director. I just think it was confusing for confusing's sake. I, instead I don't of being think so. Complex. I think the reason why it was confusing is because of the audio. And I'll give him give anyone that. The audio was almost like inaudible. Like you could not <laughs> hear it at all. It's one of those where the action scenes are so loud yeah. and then the, the yeah. voices are so loud. And quiet. they like talk like just like in their masks the whole time. But like it was still such a great movie because I just I love the time switches that he does. It does take several times to watch the movie to like understand it. But like even the first time that I watched it, I was like just with any other Christopher Nolan movie, I'm like, okay, I understand that there's a bigger picture here, and this yeah. movie is meant to be enjoyed like on another like level too. So. That's fair. Anyways, I I liked it. And then I, going into Oppenheimer, yeah, which you just saw, I have not seen, so I'm very curious to hear how it went for you. Yeah, I I thought it was good. Um, it it has a. Did you see Dunkirk? Have you seen that one? No. Is that seems too sad. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that really why you haven't seen it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a. I would say it's more on those lines because it's like a uh, historical like movie, like okay. very historical movie. Dunkirk is is fascinating because that whole movie is it was it's very artistic in a way like there is hardly any like conversations at all in that movie. It's almost all music and scenes. Yeah. And you're seeing it from different perspectives and everything. And that was like one thing I did wasn't a huge fan of. That's why it was nice to get back to Tenet, where it was like more like yeah, almost sure like an inception type love movie. It, but yeah, I know. And then Oppenheimer, though, I think went a little bit back to the historical idea. I will say, I I liked the movie. I think some of it went over my head because I didn't know the incomplete story of what was going on, and you have to kind of put it together. I wish I had known. This is like a minor spoiler for the movie, but I wish I'd known this going into it anyways. Isn't history a spoiler for the movie? Exactly. That's why I'm like, it's not a big deal. (laughs) But the whole idea of this movie... It it blows up in the end. It's actually not in the end because because that's where... I guess I haven't seen it. I know. But this whole movie is based around um, Oppenheimer's... uh, He's like having a trial, per se, like years after the explosion happened. By um, a senator who is running, or not running, but he's going to be pointed to be in the cabinet of the presidency. Mm-hmm. And he has put together this trial against Oppenheimer because he doesn't like Oppenheimer. And he wants to get rid of his security credentials. And so the whole movie starts with him at this trial, like at this interview with all these people in this like back room, where he is getting um, highly scrutinized on his whole life. And like all of his connections wow. and everything, and so as that's happening, you're jumping back to those scenes in his life, and oh, it goes okay. forward to that and meets together in that point. Again, Christopher Nolan loves dueling time, yeah. like stuff and <laughs> anything with time. But it was it was good. It I was, was say good overall, overall. Overall, what was your impression of it? Would you recommend it? Is this one you have to watch a couple of times? I'd recommend it. I, I think it, it probably will be, win Best Picture this year. Really? There weren't that many good movies that came out this year. I say anyways. that every year. And I it know. always comes out with Best Picture being some movie no one's ever seen. I know. That's just the Hollywood guys. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's the worst. Every time I'm like, I never even heard of that movie coming out. And they're like, yeah, Best Picture, Best Everything, Best, I know. best in the World. Everyone's got to see it. Like, no one's seen it. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> no, it, it, was a, it was a good movie. I think... Um, other things that may have gone over my head a little bit was the science part of it. Like, it, they go through it really fast. And, like, they're talking about different ideas and everything. Did luckily, you watch it by yourself? Luckily, I paused it and talked to my wife. I was going to say, your, your wife is a scientist. Major. It was the best. That, I will say that is the best thing about watching it was watching it with my wife. Because I paused and like, what in the world are they talking about right there? I did finance. I did not have anything to do with nuclear chemistry and yeah. like physics. I, I bet and, that'd be pretty cool. Did she have some good insights? Oh, yeah. It? She thought it was so cool. Like <laughs> super fascinating. That's awesome. But it, what was really cool about the movie is it just really like the best historical movies is it really gives you a sense for the time period and what, pe- what people were so um, like all the controversies of the time, right? You get that's a, cool. Yeah. A big feel for the political controversies and like why it was such a big deal that Oppenheimer was being accused at the time and what he was being accused for. But then also how the scientists felt at the same time about building the bomb and like when it went off at Hiroshima and all these. It's things. so it was, interesting to see 
Because when you look back at history, when you look back at these things, watch a movie, read a history textbook, all that stuff, it's it's so cut and dry. Stuff either happened or it didn't. Decisions were made. And you can just look back on them. You know, you reflect on that. But you never get the context of confusion. Where they're like, people just don't know what to do. Like, they don't know what the next step is. They don't know if this is going to work. They don't know any of that stuff. There's confusion. There's people on both sides. There's misinformation everywhere. But like... Leading up to a decision, we, we deal with that every day, you know, in the political environment right now, where it's like decisions, everyone's on different sides, no one has the complete picture, everyone's arguing about stuff, and you're like, we need to come to decisions. And so actually, there's a book that Christopher Nolan's movie is based off of. He actually was inspired by the book, I think it's called American Prometheus, and it's a biography on Oppenheimer and his life. And wow. it, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And I, this is kind of like why I like books like this is uh, biographies. I might actually have to read this one because I'm just so fascinated <laughs> by the story. But books like the Steve Jobs book, um, I feel like I, Shoe Dog was kind of a memoir more yeah. of uh, Phil Knight. But hearing their backgrounds and their stories on why they did things and realizing that people aren't just like good or bad, I just I just love that. And the movie just does a really good job of conveying that because you get to the end of it and you kind of realize that um, Oppenheimer, you don't really know how to feel about him. <laughs> he's got the sense of him is like he he's not really he's not really good to his family, and he is. Uh, um, has a lot of like controversial things that go on in his life, but he was also a brilliant scientist that really moved um, physics and science in a really huge direction for the world. It, it's just a uh, just crazy, and that often happens. I feel like when you look at you mentioned biographies a lot. Just people you look back and you're like, oh, that was a bad person. That was a good person. Like, yep. oftentimes when you go into that context, people are just they're complicated. Everyone's just got their own dueling elements of life and life's difficult for everybody and figuring things out obviously some people make some very bad decisions <laughs> yeah of course but uh yeah, i just think it's interesting the context makes such a difference I don't, and it surprises me to hear that oppenheimer's also based off a book makes it sound like every <laughs> single movie that comes out these days is based off of a book but i know dude it, ha- it feels like that these days it does it? it really does it feels like lazy <laughs> but uh, no, uh, for me I, it really does make it me feel like the be- i feel like some of the best movies are based off of books and I yeah. feel like it just gives such a great excuse for the off, the writers and the directors and the producers to just know, hey, this is a story that works. Let's run with it and really base our movie off of story instead of explosions and visual effects. <laughs> and like, because that I don't know what's up with producers, but for some reason they just feel like the only thing people want to see in a movie is just something cool. Explosions. Explosions. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I I almost fell asleep. I think it was like. Back in the day when people used to watch Transformers. Oh, man. I know, no. dude. When I remember watching the first one, and then, like, I can't remember if it was on the second or third one. I'm like, I almost fell asleep during the movie. And it was like a bunch of explosions and stuff was going on. I'm like, I am so bored. You like, know what I wonder? <laughs> I think this is an interesting topic of conversation. Yeah. Because I completely agree with you. Yep. And it's, a, it's like when you build entertainment for the masses, it almost tends toward that. Like, think about this. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest channels on YouTube? Ours. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Booktube. <laughs> Calling your shot right there. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, as it's far Mr. Right, Beast. Right now, at one? least. Well, I'm fishing. What, yeah, sorry, no, are you looking for the Mr. Mr. Beast? It's Mr. Beast. Mark it's Rober. Like PewDiePie. Not even Mark Rober. Mark so think Rober's about, pretty massive. He, he is like, pretty big, but he's not one of the biggest. Oh, wow. But, so, 
Let's let's put him in the same category. Jaden knows his YouTubers. We're about to get all of his YouTube <laughs> well, knowledge. I, we spent some time on YouTube. You start to learn like, hey, what's going well for people? What's obviously when you join YouTube, right? You want you want to grow as a YouTube channel, and I think probably by the time this video comes out, we might be at 500 subscribers, which is pretty freak, freaking fantastic all on pretty its own. Massive, <laughs> one of the biggest on YouTube. <laughs> Technically, we're on the list, <laughs> but okay. Not sure if it's at the bottom or the top. Not when, we, when we go back and just look at the biggest, the very, very biggest, it's exactly like you're saying. It's quick cuts, explosions. It's like gotchas. Everything's happening all the time. Like it, it just makes you feel like they're planning for someone with the attention span of a fish. And it's just like, it's just so much going on. It's not a sit down. Like I wa- I tend to watch a lot of videos like these where they're sitting down, they're having a conversation, you're learning something, or maybe it's like instructional in some way, but the, the biggest channels and they get the most watch time, the most views, the most subscribers is entertainment for the masses and entertainment for the masses tends toward like a TikTok style video where it's super, super fast and everything's happening all at the same time and trying to just hook someone in. And I think that's what people are doing with movies these days. To be fair. Yes, but those die quick. Yeah. Right? They, they're they not ever going to be something that's going to be massive. And but you don't need it to be loved for the future. You need to get a huge box office. That's know, what they for need. for the money. But the thing is, though, I, I, I understand where you're going with this. And I understand why they're doing this. But I they don't, don't have to like it. <laughs> no, no, I know. But I'm just saying I don't think that provides the most long-term value. I agree. And, and this is And that's why it's a terrible strategy to do that. And this is exactly what's happening with Marvel. You can see it in live in real time. The Marvel movies, they're only explosions and action scenes and witty comments and but all me, these things. So, but okay. you know how fast that is tanking right now? It's like tanking nobody's fast, going yeah. at all. But here's the, here's the thing that I will say from a business perspective, you have to think about the fact that almost no business is planned for long-term value. It's just an inherent you you work in finance. You know that everyone's planning for the quarter. Everyone wants good quarterly earnings in a public company. I will, I will tell you that the people who are going for short-term earnings are the ones who, like, they die the fastest and they will never survive. And the, the ones who, like, the, the most valuable companies in the world are the ones who have gone for long-term value. Apple is the number one example of this. And I know this because I've read the Steve Jobs book and he specifically talks about this in the book. But if it's and not a specific focus, you think about an entertainment company, what's the most important to them is getting the word out to the masses, a lot of people, which means flashy, box office success, news stories, news coverage, interviews. That doesn't happen for long-term success. I, you don't keep interviewing the cast of Avatar 20 years later, or maybe a couple of interviews. I would disagree with you. I think uh, there are some other examples that... like modern examples dune i think is a number as a the first example i can come up with where it's not a flashy boom 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 quick movie but it's still having massive success it had huge hype yes but that's you, what i'm, you, talking I'm about. saying you can get hype without like the boom 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 like like quick succession of like cuts and everything you can make a quality movie quality story and it's going to be better for you in the long term than it is with these other things. Sure, you can make a quick buck right now with these movies, but if you destroy your long-term value, you're not going to get near as much riches in the end. That's true. And that's the goal of companies, right? Is to Technically have those riches. true. I think, yes. I, think <laughs> I, I totally agree that it's possible. I think I'm more saying on the regular, the more common, the, like, the easier is going for immediate value. And the reason for that is, is because it it's is not easier. the company. The company does not create the movie. The director creates the movie. 
the director, his goal is to get a contract for his next movie. Yep. And you think about Brandon Sanderson's talked about this and the fact that he doesn't want to do this. Like the trick is to write a big movie and sign a big contract for 20 books and then write that for the rest of your career. That's what a director wants. So their goal is huge success, big box office. That's what they're directing for so that they can get a contract for their next movie. But some directors are not that way. And yes. I completely agree. Well, and but this, in the majority of where we're going right now, it feels that way. This is something that we've specifically talked about in my business school about how this is a where the um, incentives are misaligned. They are. From the shareholders versus the company owners. I agree. Because the company owners, like the shareholders want long-term success, but the company owners want to- Yearly bonuses. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But they find the companies that are able to change it to align more with the shareholders for the long-term success end up with the richest companies in the world. Yep. And that is Apple to a T. And that's what happened. When Steve Jobs was fired from his own company- he came back years later and Apple had literally dozens and dozens of just tons and tons of different products. And because they were just going after the newest, flashiest thing, like this would be cool, whatever. They were completely failing. The company was falling apart. And so that's when they came back to Steve Jobs because they're like, listen, like the company is about to die anyways, like literally about to die. We need you to come back. First thing that Steve Jobs did is got rid of every single product except for like four and he's like, these are the only ones we're doing. And they're like, what? Are you crazy? He's like, no, this is you guys are focusing on way too much crap. We just need to focus on these four. And like he just really put in the long-term value of like these things. We're gonna make a really good product, and that's what we care about. And we're just gonna make it over and over again. I agree. And that's why some people stand out. Like you think yep. Steve Jobs obviously stands out in the business space. I yep. think some directors also stand out for that reason, because they're more focused on long-term value, better content, better yep. story. And there are some directors like that you just you just don't know. Like a movie will come out, have a huge box office, but then that director will just kind of fall off. And you yep. won't really hear from them again because they haven't made that impact. But yep. I agree with you completely. Another example of a movie that I loved in our show you have not seen, Stranger Things. <laughs> I have seen it. I've seen up to like two or three seasons. You've seen three seasons of Stranger Things? How There's no seasons, way. How many seasons are there? There are five, four, okay, then four I've or seen, five. I've seen two and a half. Probably. I've seen partial of into the third season. I'm like, it's getting kind of a little weird and dark thriller for me. I don't know. Jaden, you would have, I do not believe you. You would have loved it if you'd seen it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, but, I barely made it through the second I, the season. The point of the story is, is like, it's not also, it's also not one of those stories that is like super like fast paced and explosions and all over the place, but like it's having it's long term. scares all over the place. Kind of. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but the whole point of this is that the people who have the most success in the long run are always the people who have like put actual quality into completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, that is all I'm saying is that the incentives are misaligned to not create long-term value. Yes. Even though you're totally right that long-term value is only created yes. by focusing on to that. their own yes. detriment though. Yes. Because yes. them making this stuff puts them into like, makes them obsolete. They're making some obsolete, making themselves obsolete, which is Marvel to a T. And if like I was to bring it because before Marvel was successful because the whole time you were building up to Thanos you had a cool story. It you was loved awesome. all the characters. Living through that it was, was the bomb. Was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. One of the best movie experiences ever. Like every year you're like, that. oh man, the new Marvel movie, yeah, like the next epic in the story. It. Now it's cool. terrible and I don't watch any Marvel it, movies except for Spider-Man because I painful. love all of it. I haven't even seen the most recent Spider-Man. But to bring it back. Which I one? I know. There's there's another um, oh, multi, you're ta- multiverse. Oh, you're talking about the Ant- 
animation ones. Yeah, I but seen you've it. seen all the live action ones. Yeah, with Tom Holland. totally. Okay, cool. Well, Come on. I haven't seen the most recent animation one yet either. That is on the list. Though I'll have to put it on the podcast list for review. Okay, <laughs> I want to bring it back though because it's exactly the same. You mentioned the long term value means if they focus on short term incentives, then they die faster. The exact same thing happens with YouTube channels. Yep. YouTube creators that focus on that flashy and just quick cuts and oh yeah that's short-term entertainment <laughs> all of it comes right back and then the channels die so fast yes obviously mr beast is incredibly successful and he's doing crazy things with youtube right now but think of all the channels that have existed and gone crazy think about like vine and all those things that quick success and quick failure yep and the ones that stick around are the joe rogan's yeah of the and world. he's not flashy he's not at he all is he's a three strong. hour yeah. long podcast yeah. every single time how long is this one we're, we're creeping up on that at this point <laughs> <laughs> no I, I totally agree long-term value is a better goal but is poorly incentivized right now yeah fascinating okay i i'm dying to hear about your dune dune theory so okay we we read dune uh, a week ago Oh my gosh, we threw through books so fast. <laughs> we're, we're flying through, we're flying uh, through books right now. But Jaden was telling me afterwards, like, dude, I think I know why the worms chase like the thumpers and all of the uh, yes. uh, sound machines. So I want to know. So let me set the stage for you. I'm reading Dune. Okay. Yes. I'm very confused, and I like to stop and think about things sometimes, especially when I'm in the car. So I paused yeah. it, and I just kind of pulled drove over. In he silence. stopped. No, I drove. No, I, I continued know. driving. <laughs> just joking. You yep. said you stopped. <laughs> stop, stop and think book. about things. Stop, stop the, the book and stop the car. <laughs> what is going on? Middle of the lane. Like, <laughs> everyone will understand. <laughs> I'm listening to Dune. <laughs> so I, I was like, you know what does not make sense to me is this whole like Arrakis situation and the desert and why like the worms what's the deal with the worms like i don't get it it's confusing obviously i accept the fact that you can do weird stuff whenever you're building your own world yep. frank herbert can build random stuff into his world if he wants to that's fine with me and apparently he does later in the books Builds very weird things. <laughs> from what we've heard, <laughs> what we heard like books four five and six it gets pretty wild yeah but uh as far as this part and book one which is all i've read yep the, the worms, the nuance to them is that they react very poorly to rhythmic sounds. And they attack and eat and just destroy anything that makes rhythms. I was like, that's kind of weird, right? It just doesn't make much logical sense to me. Like, how can I sort of liken that to something? And anyway, back in my past, I was a musician. <laughs> and uh, Very good musician. Thank you. Yeah. I was a violinist. I guess I still am, technically. <laughs> and one of the things I was practicing in one of the, uh, the, the rehearsal rooms... You would hit a certain note, a really high note, but it would make the um, the fan grates vibrate. It was wow. so funny. <laughs> Did you just make you like, I'm you just could you, not stop laughing. We had, we had a huge kick out of that. It was the <laughs> greatest thing ever. That's greatest funny. discovery of my generation. <laughs> but it's called um, harmonic resonance or something like that. Yeah. Natural harmonic frequencies. So every, every thing, every, you know, whatever, it's like a glass. Have you ever heard someone like, break a glass with their voice i've never heard it but i've know of it in movies it, it's it's very yeah. possible very yes. doable because you're just you're amplifying that resonant frequency have you seen someone do it before not in person oh, I've, but i've seen like the way I'm, you phrase it i'm like have you ever seen someone i'm like well dude perfect did it as an example like his, his a month voice? ago yeah it's not necessarily like a super a high, high voice or anything it's just a specific pitch that you have to hit what so I need to watch that. It's actually pretty cool. So yeah. <laughs> all to say yeah. that like that frequency really, really affects the material. And every material will have a different natural frequency. Yeah. So I feel like this is a very similar nuance to how the worms work. Because the rhythm 
as just affects them significantly. Like as far as I can tell, they don't have eyes. They don't have like, ears, <laughs> I don't think. So they react to pressure, probably pressure or some other sort of um, interaction with the world around them. With the desert, they own the desert. They're like the top predator in the desert. So they're just in charge of the ecosystem, basically. But they react very poorly to anything that's rhythmic. I think it has to do relatively to like that pressure that affects them because it will start to almost resonate with their bodies and they just don't like that because they lose they lose control. Oh, interesting. So my mind is like they lose their own, like, I guess when I say lose control, like you think about when someone loses control, they get all angry, get into a frenzy. I think it's the same thing. When the worms start to feel that rhythm that affects them, whether it's someone walking or a thumper or whatever, they can't handle it. It's like yeah. losing control. And I think trying to control the desert is what takes away the power of it. So the power of chaos is basically my my whole theory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that the desert of Arrakis is a representation of the power of chaos. And the fact that when they went into that sandstorm, they only survived because they surrendered to the chaos. Yeah. If you try and fight and control the chaos, it will destroy you. Which is exactly what it did to everyone else. And the only way they survived is like, we're accepting the chaos of the moment, the chaos of the storm, and allowing that chaos to play itself out, which is why Arrakis is so volatile. And I think one of the reasons why anytime it's tried to be tamed, it has reacted very poorly to that, whether by creating a people that would protect it, whether creating a maker or a worm that's going to destroy everything, whatever it needed to do to ensure that the chaos is protected inside of the desert. And I think that was a pretty interesting nuance wow and then i got to my house and i had to do my chores and stuff so I, then I forgot. <laughs> but i wrote this down because i thought it was very interesting you were so inspired and it all started with like the why is the rhythm so i'm very curious obviously that's just my random theory i really want to know if anyone else has a theory in the comments or wants to just dm us or something because i'm i want to know if you think similarly if the harmonic resonance has anything to do with it maybe it's something later in the books that i just don't know maybe frank herbert has said something that i just haven't found but I'm very curious to see what other people think. Oh, that's super fascinating. I'll just step off my soapbox. I thought it was cool. I think it's very cool. <laughs> the movie probably won't answer that question for you. But <laughs> Highly unlikely. I know. That's fair. I will have to say, I am so, so excited for that movie. Every single time like I think about it, I I just can't wait. We're, I, we're probably going to buy tickets like today or tomorrow for we're gonna it. We're going to need to. We're going yeah, to need to. So we be prepared. Get freaking good seats. We reacted to the night. trailer like last week. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Yeah, it was so fun. <laughs> but we're, yeah, we're pretty amped up. And it's like, what, three weeks away now? Yeah. I just, everything about that trailer was just so exciting. Like, it, it just feels like they're going to nail the book. I'm like, that's so, just so fun. They, yeah. You can never depend on that for a movie. So, that being said, I did see recently uh, an interview from the Dune cast. And I, I kind of skimmed through the interview. And they play like clips from the movie. And I did was like, Did you watch the clips? I watched part of it, and then I turned it off. I'm like, whoa, whoa, don't whoa! Don't spoil this. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like the it was the fight, the battle. You saw both clips of it? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like at the very end, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! What are you showing me that for? I, I want to see understand that. Understand how people do that? It was an interview with, um, oh man, Timothy Chalamet. Yep. And Austin Butler. Wow. Who happened to play Paul Atreides and Fade Routha? Yeah, I thought so. And I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, you can't be showing that. What no. are you doing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's like one of the most pivotal scenes. And I'm just like, no, I'm disappointed. I'm just disappointed that I accidentally saw that interview. And I'm like, now I don't want to see any more Dune content on YouTube because I feel no. like it's going to spoil it for me. I know, dude. It freaks me out. I had that uh, problem when I was back in the day when the third Spider-Man movie came out. Mm. The one with like, um, 
the original ones. When the freak is his name? Um, uh, what's his name? Who are we talking about? The actor? Yeah, I don't actor. know any actor's names. Oh my goodness! Why can't I remember? It's it's camera brain. But anyways, I remember seeing a bunch of scenes for that third movie coming out and his fight between Green Goblin and everything. Oh. And then I went and saw the movie. I'm like, I've seen all this. I'm not even entertained anymore. <laughs> so now I have a strict Brutal. policy to not watch that kind of thing like ever again. I have to wait for all of it for the movie. I only watch like one trailer too because I don't want too many trailers. So. It's a good call. So at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where we have to wait, be patient for the next couple of weeks and then Dune comes out, we will definitely be doing a reaction video to that. I am like super excited for that. Toby Maguire. That is his name. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. That's Anyways. how this works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, you may continue. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I'm glad you figured out in the I'm same so episode. I'm so proud of myself. It was killing me, dude. It could have come so... out in like the next episode and you would have just been like, I got it. Is this? <laughs> So yes, we will we will be doing a reaction video to Dune, which will come out probably the night the movie premieres. We're really excited about that. And then there's just so much cool stuff coming out. So thanks for listening to the podcast. We always appreciate you guys. If you have any thoughts, comments, we love reading and responding to those. So please send them our way. But if you're not subscribed already, it is a really good time. Today is like the perfect day to do so. Yeah, good day. <laughs> it's a great day. <laughs> With that, have a good one and we'll see you in the next one.